Good evening. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Spinner is Lit Pinball Podcast. Tonight's episode, Batting the Ball Around. Uh, as usual, uh, I'm your host, Spencer Klingen, uh, recording from the Kitchen Table Studios. And tonight, uh, I have a special guest, my good friend and fellow pinhead, Seth Holder. Seth, welcome to the show. Hey, Spence. Thanks for having me on. This should be a uh, hoot. Oh, it's going to be good. And tonight's episode, uh, I basically put some basic outline show notes together like five minutes ago and texted them over to you. Uh, it's kind of like working without a net, man. It's just the rush and the fun of doing it. So uh, if you're ready, let's jump right in. Uh, you know, you and I, uh, let's, let's talk about uh, Steve Charlin for a minute. You and I attended his memorial yes. service yesterday. Um, pretty somber occasion. But, you know, at the same time, there was a lot of joy in it, in that everyone there was celebrating Steve's life, you know, and, and all the accomplishments of his life. And just, you know, beyond pinball, what a, just a wonderful human being that he was. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think one of my remarks on, on the way home was, uh, uh, given the somber nature of, of the event, that's uh, was probably... Uh, the most uh, enjoyable, if that's a poor choice of words, a memorial I've attended to where it was really about celebrating somebody and honoring them and in a, in a casual environment where you just, it, it felt like, uh, like a family reunion getting together and, and honoring one of the fallen. And it, it was, um, it was really neat for me. You know, I, I'm 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 uh, really plugged into Steve, the pinball guy. But just to see all the other facets of his life, walking around, looking at all the the photographs and memories, and seeing all the different folks that are in all the other hobbies that um, he uh, had a vested interest in. So it was it was pretty neat. And then just being able to, you know, the, the family asked that we wear the the different shirts or our favorite, uh, maybe our favorite pinball shirt. So it was just kind of neat to see uh, such a large crowd wearing kind of their, their tip of the cap type uh, hats to, to Steve. Uh, it was a pretty neat event. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, of course us pinball people and there was car people. There were, uh, coworkers and employees. And of course, you know, obviously is, is uh, family and, and just yes. other close friends. Yeah. It was just, I, I mean, overall, you know, I, I took away from it is, is, you know, I want to tell everybody, you know, that if you knew Steve at all, or even if you didn't know him, but you, you might have known him just from the pinball forum, is, you know, try to take something away positive is, you know, be who he was, uh, just a good man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like the overwhelming response to anybody that's interacted with Steve was just that he was all in. He, he was um, plugged into what you were doing, helping you, um, you know, almost being that servant kind of guy. It's like, oh, what are you working on? Let me help you with that. And he would stop what he was doing and, and, and make that deep personal connection with everybody in his life. Um, a truly unique individual. Yeah, he's going to be missed, I know, by everybody. You know, um, but, but especially the System 80 crew. I mean, how do you feel that, fill that void uh, as, as our System 80s begin to break down over the next couple of years, which, which they will do? It's like, who do you turn you know, to now? I, I was thinking about that <laughs> very thing today, and I was talking about it a little bit at the tournament. Um, the, you know, it's like, you know, we've all got to jump in and, and do what we can to kind of figure this out and learn it and share what he shared with us. And, and if we have new knowledge, share that too. 
pay it forward. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, what's new in pinball, man? Everything. It's 2017 and, and the market's gone bananas for new pins, I guess. Um, uh, most of them way too rich for my blood without having to sell off my meager collection just to get into one. But um, it's it's crazy when you look at the, the, the couple new Sterns, the, the dialed-ins beginning production soon. You've got uh, American Pinball starting to make a strong showing. Uh, real excited to see. Uh, what they're calling a uh, factory level machine that's going to be showing up at shows here real soon. Pinagogo uh, is the is the next show that I know that it's going to be there. Um, and then you've got you know Spooky's making a strong showing. They've got what how many uh, titles running through their line at this point? They've got three, I think, four, five. I don't know. It's just <laughs> every day they adds another one. Uh, and then you got Hegway he- with their um, their. Uh, their latest offering uh, beginning to um, ship soon, right? I think uh, another quarter is when we'll start seeing the alien propagating out there. And um, unfortunately, you have some like uh, your Bride of Pinbot 2.0 redo that's uh, coming out. And you kind of scratch your head and go, okay, I guess maybe there's somebody out there that wants, wants that art package at that price point. But um, yeah, there's a lot to uh, pick and choose from. Yeah, you know, like like Alien, you know, I'm real excited about. I, I still haven't been down downtown to play Aerosmith yet. I'll I, maybe next Sunday, or I'll just catch it at Pinagogo. Um, same with Batman '66. Uh, you know, everybody's talking about Star Wars. That's going to be a game changer, obviously. Steve Ritchie, you know, and with the new LCD screen, and then hopefully, well, it's allegedly Star allegedly Wars. Allegedly Star I Wars. I mean, you right, know. Right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, worst kept secret. No doubt, could end up being like all in the family for all we know, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> how it turns some heads. Yeah, I I got a chance to go down to the Arcade Expo 3.0 in Banning. Um, was it last month? And um, super neat show, really fun. Um, great, great setup, and they they had uh, uh, Marco was there with with some. Um, great stern so i got a chance to to play an aerosmith pro for the first time and got to log some time on um i guess it's a batman premium i I get kind of fuzzy all the different levels that they got with the batman 66 but um i think it was somewhere in the middle so i got to log time with both of those titles and kind of um not that i was hungering for the themes but it's always kind of interesting to see what's coming out um Aerosmith played well, shot well. Um, the 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 trunk was worked a good 60-70% of the time on the model that I was playing on. It was a pro, so it didn't have the upper play field up there on the right. Um, it it didn't it scratched some itches, but it wasn't like oh I, I need to own this. This is this is better than Metallica, which is kind of my gold standard for um, rock stern pinball machines. Um, so it didn't kind of shift what what I do there. Batman, I, I you know I like the theme. I'm not like it's not like oh I have to have a Batman 66, but I, I you know I thought it was well executed. Um, it was nice seeing the the uh, screen with all the images and the tie into the program. Um, it flipped fine. I, I I liked it, but once again I wasn't like oh I've got to own this. This is a needle mover for me. I've got to figure out how to how to get this in my house. So, um, I'm, but I'm sure you know obviously the market's responding and and. And uh, people are buying. (laughs) 
So I am probably uh, more of a minority than a majority, I guess. Yeah, well, I'm right there with you. You know, and, and for me, theme is good. But, I mean, theme is so much less important for me is it, if it shoots well. Um, or, if, you know, I, I like the shots. I mean, if just, it, you know, if, if the theme's integrated well. You know, I'm probably most excited still about dialed in. Um, so if it was a Barbie theme that shot amazing and had zero sound and zero light show, you'd be... You know, I mean, well, there's got to be a little more than that. But, you know, like, uh, you know, a, a game a game I actually want, it matter matters or not? a little bit, but it's not the most <laughs> important part. So... Um, okay, I'll grant you that. You know, I, I, I want a Dolly Parton football. By the way, not that there's anything wrong with a Barbie thing. Right, well, there, there you go. That. You know, I really want a Dolly Parton pin. I don't know why. Just the kitsch value. And it looks like it's a fun shooter, you know? Right. Um, well, you know, for, for somebody of your age group, right, that's, that's you probably love, right you in love your love wheelhouse. You love to just dunk on the age, huh? <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean – you know, I, look, it's not like, oh, I got to have it. And I'm going to, you know, order one off eBay or something. But, you know, if one came up locally cheap, I mean, I'd pick it up, you know. I, I, I'm with you on, on Dolly. That's a fun shooter. I've played it over at the museum, and it, it definitely has a price point. Where I think I, I did play well. that last time we were there. I, you know, I try to keep track, but, I mean, it is, you know. But, but dialed in, you know, look, well, you know, and, and we were talking about this in the car. Um, when I'm watching some more recent video footage of dialed in, and, and, and you and I talked about with the theme. Okay, it's an original, unlicensed theme, obviously. And it captures the essence of pop culture of what's going on today. Like pinball machines, especially unlicensed themes. And licensed ones, too, I suppose. But, it, you know, back in the day, um, when machines, you know, the EM days, early solid state, when machines were much simpler, um, you know, the themes often captured the essence of, what was going on in pop culture at that moment? Kind of like a little, you know, kind of like a, a window right. into, you know, 1981 or whatever. No, exactly. I mean, it's the exact reason why Diner's such a great pen. Sorry, Practical Steve, but yes, Diner's a great pen. Um, is it's got that, that captures that certain era uh, and nostalgia. And I think Dialed In will, will be exactly that 20 years from now. Now it's kind of current, um, maybe two years past its prime so it kind of um your initial impression is like eh, well eh, eh. but uh as somebody uh who likes jjp likes jersey jack and what he brings to the table likes the the what they're striving to do um i'm interested in it i'm looking forward to playing it at uh Pinagogo. um it could be a needle mover for me i might have to find a way to to get a jersey jack machine at some point um but I actually, to be honest, haven't seen any videos of it. I haven't had time to check it out. I I was saw all the photos when they first got came out and saw the shots, and um, it was intriguing. But ultimately, I'm just going to have to play it. I've, I've seen way too many videos and fall in love with machines only to play them and go, well, the geometry wasn't quite what I was expecting. Um, so dialed in. We'll, we'll, I'm putting a pin in it, keeping, keeping myself optimistic. Um, then again, at the same time, Part of me hopes I don't like it because at, at its price point, uh, I would have to get rid of most of my machines to own it. So it's not a good value proposition for me. Yeah. But um, so we'll see. Yeah, that's where I'm at with it too. You know, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you know me pretty well. And, and it's like, I'm just not in the market for a new machine, man. I'm, I'm like, let's find that $800 machine. Oh, absolutely. Um, 
but I, you know, hopefully they'll get them on route locally, and I'll put lots of money in them, and uh, and and our friends with with more money than us will buy one, so we can play it a lot. Yeah, um, exactly. So, uh, Mr. Bannister, if you're listening, <laughs> get dialed in, sir, please. <laughs> uh, uh, spooky man, I just root for these guys so much, and they haven't. I mean, I I absolutely love uh, the layout. And the shots on Rob Zombie. Um, I love playing that game because it just it has the elements of a modern game, but it has that also the elements and the feel of like a System 80, you know, with like black holes. I, I haven't been over to Adams to play yet, but you know, I've I've played uh, uh, America's Most Haunted, which is is fine, but it definitely has more of a um, home built feel to it and maybe i'm uh, yeah i'm probably a little bit of a williams snob but i'm just curious does it have they progressed and how the overall quality as you're playing the machine feels you know i think it has but i've only played like three games on america's yeah. most haunted and that was you know last year at pinagogo because uh, uh gene thank you gene thank you gene <laughs> and he's bringing it back again this year and then we're also going to have gene. I, I think well we're gonna have a domino so that's the, I'm excited about yes. that. Yeah, um, actually I am too. I'd love to see a Jetson show up, but I don't know if that's gonna happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I don't think so either. But Domino's looks like a really good shooter. I have watched some videos on that, and um, the theme doesn't do anything for me, uh, but I don't hate it either. Um, the the art itself, uh, you know, subtracting away with that, it, it's Domino's looks fine. It it looks like good theme integration. So. Um, I'm curious to see how it plays. So really appreciate uh, Shane bringing it up from SoCal to bring it up to the show for us to try out. Oh, definitely. You know, with with Rob Zombie, the biggest drawback for me is, I mean, I like the theme well enough. I don't hate it. I mean, I you know, I think Rob Zombie's cool. But, you know, I, well, you know, I got little kids, man. And, and you know, even on Family Theme, I'm like, because I haven't seen it on Family Theme. But, I mean, you know, cause at Adam's house, it's on adult mode. And I'm like, I can't put that in my game room, man. Because yeah. <laughs> um, they got cursed. Now, Mickey, stuff. when the machine says blank, 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 <laughs> <laughs> that means. Yeah, that means <laughs> don't tell mom. Um, yes. <laughs> for the love of God, don't tell mom. Uh, yeah, but, you know, so, I, I mean, I, I get it. You know, and it's cool he's doing, you know, science fiction horses. I'm very excited about Alice Cooper. Um, I, I mean, I just report because they do everything, you know, as best they can. And they, and, and they really, you know, they really care about the community. Not that the other guys don't, but, you know, like Star Wars. I, You know, because I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. But I don't know, man. I just, it's kind of one of those things like ACDC. I'm an ACDC fan. But until I actually saw the game up front and played it, I was just like, eh, okay, cool, ACDC, you know. But then when I saw the game in person and played it, I went, oh, man, this is awesome, you know. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at with Star Wars. Alien, I'm really excited about. It looks really cool. I really want to play it. It's just they got to get them out in the people's hands, you know. Yeah, exactly. Time to market's the, you know, knowing what the theme is and what what the art package looks like and what the game looks like, um, six nine months in advance it's it's what people want they want information as soon as they can but then it's like the market gets saturated and then you get it's kind of hard to deal with what what are your choices and when are the things going to be released right right um, it's tough but you know i i agree with you i really like what uh spooky represents you know they're they're not trying to be the next stern they are 
at least from my perspective, and, and maybe Charlie's going to tell me I'm an idiot, and, and I probably am. But uh, to me, it's like they, they have a niche of uh, being a boutique. They, they know who they are, um, they, and, and they just stick within that niche, and they do things, uh, you know, they focus on quality, and they focus on customer, and they don't, they're not worried about okay what what's our next 5000 unit hit they're they're you know perfectly fine i think like what they're doing with total annihilation which um that could be a a a big uh head turner for me cuz i'm i'm love early 80s single deck fast player type machines um the fact they're like yeah we're going to run it we're going to run 50 at a time and we'll just keep running 50 at a time we're not going to do any of this nonsense about 500 and we sell out we'll just once we get 50 orders we'll put 50 out and if we get another 50 orders we'll put 50 out so they they could conceivably have you know three even um three three or more titles uh being run through their their uh, assembly line in any given year so i think that's a great model for them um but it, the, the on the other side of the spectrum the, those that Maybe not going after Stern, but um, are gearing themselves up for success. I think I've been really closely following uh, Homepin, who, um, as most of us know, that are kind of watching the inside baseball stuff, is the um, gentleman from Australia that's uh, set up a, a really uh, world-class factory in China and is really focused on quality and um, delivering uh, to the customer's expectation. He's taking no money up front he's working to build the first you know 500 units before he even reveals them and ships them so he's um been teasing us for quite a while and he's had his own roller coaster uh getting to where he's at but um if he can get off the ground and if he can get his bill of materials um considerably lower given uh where he's working out of and if his quality is there he has uh, the capability of really making a dent um, in this escalated price wars that we're seeing and in the capability of churning out new titles. Um, so I'm really excited to see what he does with Thunderbirds and what other um, licensing agreements he's got um, or if he's going to be doing some original themes. You know, What kind of designers is he going to work on? I think over the next 18 months, it's going to be really neat to watch uh, how they unfold. Yeah, I haven't, you know, we talked about that on the drive down to uh, Stu's Memorial, and I haven't followed the home pin thing at all. So, like, it was all news to me yesterday when we were talking about that. I was like, oh, cool. So, it's cool that you brought it up because, you know, uh, probably, you know, some or maybe all of our listeners uh, may not know about this uh, or may know very little like I did. I, you know, I was aware of it. I heard about Thunderbirds, and uh, that was about it. Yeah. There, there's a great, if you go look, there's um, a, um, a key thread somewhere on pin side that's all about home pin and it's you just start at the beginning and it's it goes back a couple years but you can just focus on home pin account postings you can ignore everybody else and he's he's showing photos he's showing detail like this is how I designed my screw and why I did it this is why I'm wrapping my own coils this way I mean it's just a real detailed level of attention because he's really focused on quality he doesn't want to have quality issues um he wants to have a good product that you know stands the test of time at least from what we can tell the proof will be in the pudding when he starts shipping and we start getting our hands on it um he originally he wasn't even targeting us i mean that's why the theme thunderbirds most 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 of us in the usa are like really okay thunderbirds 
Um, but that's just got a huge worldwide uh, market. There's been tons of shows and, and movies over the years. And so it's got a global reach. And so he's got all the licensing all lined up. And um, so he's really targeting everybody. Um, and if the U.S. wants it, great. And if the U.S. doesn't care about it, he's not really worried about it. Um, but I think once he's got everything established, then we could start seeing some titles that are much more focused on things that the U.S. audience would be interested in. Because I think that's really where the bulk of, of uh, home buyers are. Yeah, I think so. Well, especially since most of the companies are in America. And I know international shipping really jacks up the prices. Um, okay, you brought up, uh, uh, of course, uh, uh, Dutch Pinball. You know, I'm so impressed with what they did with Bride of Pinball 2.0, you know, playing uh, Ericsson and, and a couple other collectors. Um, they did a really bang-up job on that, and I wish they would have continued doing more titles of that 2.0 kit because there's quite a few that they, you know, could do. Um, you know, well, of course, Fun House and then, you know, some of the System 11s. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, you know, I, I'm a harsh critic because, you know, the way they behaved at, at Expo when they first revealed and then just all the stuff going on, I just look at it and it's like, and now with the Broadhead Pinbot, 2.125 or 3.0 or whatever it is. I mean, it, it, yeah. it, you know, I mean, you know, there's one sitting in my game room right now and it's a fun game, but it's not the end all be all of human existence, you know? And it's like, and I, I mean, I, I'm no art critic, man, but that new art to me is just frightening. <laughs> I just, I'm looking at it going, this is an improvement. Come on, man. Python was the man, you know? Yeah. It's, it's confusing. I, I, I mean, that's all I've seen. So, I, I mean, full disclosure, uh, what do I know about pinball? Um, oh, I, I guess I've read some stuff on, on this online forum, and I've talked to somebody. So I'm by no means an expert. But, um, yeah, the, the artwork that I've seen coming um, when it was first released, I, I was um, pretty darn disappointed. And they, they could have done so much more with it. Um, but I'm like you. I, you know, uh, Python is, is semi-sacred to me. I would rather keep honoring him and his art then try to introduce something new i think they could have picked other titles to do something with this or, or ship their first game and get all their customers made whole that would be a, probably a good start well yeah i mean you talk about how how uh, much of a success from your standpoint playing 2.0 is and uh, I, I think you know it's it's a subjective thing 2.0 doesn't do that much for me I, especially at that price point it doesn't interest me but I, I get it I get why people would really really like it and I, I don't begrudge them that but in terms of how they executed it and how long it took to get in into hands of people and then how everything else is running on the Dutch side of things um, yeah it just doesn't bode well I mean you know my I'm always going to hope for the best. I, I, I want them to succeed. Um, I think having multiple players in the market isn't a bad thing. Um, so hopefully they can find a way to make it work. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Me too, man. I don't want anybody to see anybody fail, especially, you know, being so passionate as we are about, about this. Not even J-pop? You don't want J-pop oh, to fail? Oh, what, no, no, I don't. I okay, don't, I'm just kidding. We'll, we'll get we'll, there later. We'll, no, kidding. no, we'll get into that. No, I want him to be held accountable. Uh, there's, there's a subtle difference, but... Um, okay, let's jump on the classic games we have played and liked lately. Every single one. <laughs> I'm right there with you. <laughs> uh, you know, um, for me, a, a couple of real high points uh, lately. Devil's Dare, man. Uh, System 80 Gottlieb. 
Um, wow, I don't know. There's something about that game. I'm not that crazy about the theme or the artwork, but uh, I mean, it's okay. Um, but I just like the shots, you know? It's like the shots. Yeah, and you're probably going to hear me, uh, especially if we start talking about classics, uh, talk about geometry a little too much. For whatever reason, that's one of my my hot buttons. Uh, if a game has good geometry, if things flow, A, the, the designer needs to ha put the geometry in place, and then B, the owner needs to have the table set up correctly, um, tw tweak the where the posts are, tweak the laying guides, you know, all those little things that make a, a big difference, um, get their cliffies installed. Um if that's set up right and you could just shoot like butter, I mean, it's just, it's an amazing thing. And Devil's Dare has that in spades. Now, I haven't played it in, oh, 18 plus months. Um, so I, I'm not recalling the exact layout. I remember there was something neat about the center playfield area. Um, but I just remember having a really good experience on it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just really enjoy it. Well, you were talking about going to Banning, which I had to cancel out with, because uh, I was going to go to you guys. I had to cancel out. Yeah, you were um, missed, dude. Big time. Yeah, I I missed you guys, you know. And but you know, uh, uh, you know, working and paying the mortgage have to come first. So I guess. You know, I I know. I guess it's like this whole work thing just keeps getting to my pinball time, man. Um, and it's killing me. But yeah, no, I you know I I remember there's a couple of real high points for for you and 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 uh, you know Eric and and uh, Adam and. Uh, 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 you know, uh, Jim. Jim, thank you. And of course, practical Steve. So what were some of the high points for you on games? Um, so as, as a shore organizer on Pinagogo, um, that's a, a, my favorite show. And it's the show I spend, um, a lot of time not playing pinball in. So anytime I can go to another show and play uh, pinball, it, it's a great show from that perspective where I can just kind of relax and play. Um, so, and I haven't, I'm not the guy that's traveled around and been to all these different shows. I've I've been to uh, PPE and I've been to California Extreme and and I've now been to to Banning. So these are all local California shows. Um, but Banning was definitely special. You can you, just the fact that they're able to have a fixed facility is is awesome. They have a this large sprawling complex, and so you get all these pinball machines. I think there's five six hundred on set up in in one room. Um, wide aisles, comfortable benches. Um, it, uh, it's just a really good environment to play in. They've, they've even got AC piping in in certain spots. So it's like, um, you know, sometimes the room can get warm, but you find good spots in that room that are cold. So it's a, it's a great experience. Um, but just the title selection was, was um, almost overwhelming at times. We, we came in and we actually ended up, um, there was five of us that came down from, from NorCal and um, together and so we we ended up volunteering to help tech um, because we love the classics all of us do and um, they uh, had a lot of classics like a lot of the early early Williams and Gottliebs were down for the count when we got there on Friday morning so we pitched in and kind of helped um, there was a ton of other people that had been putting their heart and soul into it so we, we just scratched the surface but it was fun being able to come in and work on the pins that we were passionate about playing anyways and it was self-serving because you know it's like we all really wanted to play Knight Rider EM and they had one there and so uh, and it was down so guess what machine got worked on a lot <laughs> it was Knight Rider EM oh no doubt um, skateball Right, which was in the tournament area. That that was the heartbreaker. We all wanted to play night um, sk skateball, but it was in the tournament area, and and the boys got permission 
to go play one game on it um, after hours one night. And um, we had been rotating through a five-man. There's five of us, and so last man out had to sit out. And it was just my luck that I had lost the prior game, came came in last. So that meant I had to sit out and, and watch uh, my four buddies play skateball. So I still haven't had a chance to actually shoot a skateball. But man, oh man, that that is a title that I'd like to get my hands on at one point. The the theme, the art, the sound, the shots, it's all there on that machine. Um, and, and so it's no wonder that it's a highly desired title. Yeah. Now, you did get a chance to play a lot of the early ballets, I remember. You guys played uh, Hot Dog. And, and did you get a chance to play uh, uh, Future Spa? Yeah. Yeah, we, we played both. Um Practical Steve killed it on hot dogging, so now he wants one. Um, I, th- to me, of that era of early wide body ballet, um, this is where I show my ballast because I bias because I own one, but Embryon still is the uh, the pick of the litter. Um, but definitely, I think all of those machines, even uh, you know Space Invaders and Paragon, they all have um, really cool um, bits and pieces to them, and if they're set up right, they're just wicked fun. Um, so there's 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 really no complaints there for me, but we we I mean it was neat seeing all the early solid states. Um, there was one stern that I had never seen before. I think it was like free fall or something. I got to play quicksilver, play a viper. So some of these early solid state sterns that I I've never played before. I finally got to kind of scratch those itch. I'm a huge 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 big game. Uh, fan so stern big game um all my friends are tired of me talking about what a great pin it is so it was kind of neat to play the other sterns of that era and see how they kind of compared to big game i'm actually not tired of hearing about it i love that (laughs) it's fantastic yeah you know it's it's one of my favorite designers um uh is um uh, God, I'm gonna get his name wrong. It's uh, what Harvey Williams, Henry Williams. I always get Harry Williams. Stuff. Yeah, Harry Williams, and um, so he designed Big Game, and he also did um, Split yep, Second, which is, which is another great on, game that yep, you got sitting on my game room. So um, yeah, uh, both great games. Um, Future Spa I used to play that one. It's a brand new game at a local arcade when I was a kid. I absolutely love that game, oh, and wow. I'd love to find one. You know, I've never played a hot dog, and so um, I played. I think all the other wide body, early ballet, solid state wide bodies. Yeah, because used to play Space Invaders on location a lot, uh, Paragon, and and then uh, I really never played an Embryon or saw one until uh, you know uh, I started. You know, Pinagogo, fellow collectors, you, and uh, and another you know fellow collector. So. Um, and this is the first time I really had any experience with them, but I, I agree it is is a fantastic game. And and you know for the listeners that you know may be really experienced in pinball, um, or even new people you know that are just getting into it, um, look for those, some of those older older games, man, because there's some real gems and just some phenomenally fun and inexpensive games. So, oh, absolutely. I mean, Polly, if you looked at my, don't look at my pin side ratings because they're a mess. But if uh, if I was to sit down and try to rate my top ten favorite games, seven of them would be early solid state, and they would all probably be under a thousand dollars easily. Um, 
get in the right conditions. And definitely the ones that I own of that group, I paid you know around a thousand dollars, if not less, depending on the deal. So that's the best thing to me is like, man, these are my favorite machines, and it cost me six hundred, eight hundred thousand dollars. That's that's such a great bang for your buck, as opposed to you know risking eighty five hundred on a, a a new inbox that you may or may not like, that may or may not have the right code for two years. Um, so I, I'm always going to be really attracted to the secondary market and specifically to the, the 80s games. You know, I, I've owned a handful of, of quality EMs. I say quality in terms of um, uh, what people view them um, on rating-wise. Um, you know, Jumping Jack and Quick Draw and Grand Prix, etc. I really do like um, EMs. I, I have a Surf Champ right here that uh, is yours. And I love them, but there's just not quite deep enough. Like, I'll play them for three months, and then I stop playing them. Um, so it's like i got to rotate my EMs through. Where and I think it's just the speed and the rule set just isn't quite where my satisfaction is. And that's, But by the time you get into the early 80s, that's when it's like, okay, there's just enough play it one more time factor in the game. Enough, oh, man, that ball drains so fast. Let me try this again. Um, that it keeps bringing me back. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and, and one of the problems with uh, us all, was, especially early solid states, is the ones I keep gravitating to that really enjoy playing seem to be all for rare. Uh, the two latest in that <laughs> yeah, right? Why is that? I don't know. Barracuda? Why can't we love Flash more? <laughs> I, I actually do love Flash, and I don't care about Flash. I know, I like Flash. But, uh, <laughs> Barracuda, my God, because you're talking about deeper rule set for the time, pretty okay. good rule set. Spencer, so I'm going to stop you right there. That is my number one grail pin right now, and we I don't want to talk about it because everybody's going to go out and buy it. Yeah, can you say um, TX Sector? <laughs> there you go. Oh, too late. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely right. Barracora is a game I want so bad. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what I would – if one popped, I mean, I would I would have to um, – sell, you know, sell Plasma. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. I'm like, okay, 401k, yeah, I, I can make more money later. <laughs> I have to own this. I can get another credit card, only 24% interest. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just – you know, there's there's pins that just play awesome. Like big, big game, top five pin for me all time. I, I love the theme and everything, but I mean the – it could be a little bit of better sound and a little bit better graphic package. Barracora hits it on every single level. Rules, um, theme, and it, I mean, it just it's got it all. So it's it's one of those ones that just knocks it out of the park for me. They're just so stinking hard to find. It's it's like you know those. What are the ones we're always talking about? TX Sector, Robo War, um, those kind of pins. It's like. They're so hard to find. And yet Raven shows up every second Tuesday locally on Craigslist. And the other one, we happen to have two friends that have this game locally, uh, uh, Cosmic Gunfight. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I love that game. Really love that yeah, game. That's, that's one of those games they only made, what, I don't know, four or 500. I don't know. It's some ridiculously low number of them. Um, and I got to play... Uh, one of them, and it was just it 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 blew me away the simplicity, but yet the complexity of it. Um, just in terms of trying to set sit there and shoot a set of uh, shots and do and and how brutally hard it was to hit it. Um, it kind of scratched the same itch that Sorcerer does for me, 
where you're trying to build up something. Um, really, really like that game. Yeah, that's another one of my grails is Sorcerer. But I mean, my God, we know. Well, yep. you have one. We know one, two, three, four, what, five, four, five. We have, we have four or five friends pretty locally that have one. Yeah, it's, it, so. it's one of those things where I think um, at least our, our you know, core group of friends here in, in NorCal, we all like early solid states. And, and that's just, you know, in everybody's top ten. Um, so we've all been actively seeking them, and it's just such an amazing-looking game that you almost want it just for the art package sitting in your game room. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and it's a fun shooter, you know? Um, another one that you picked up recently is uh, right. Blackout, and my wife really likes that game too. So. Yeah, Blackout has been uh, super fun. Uh, a local collector here in town, Todd, uh, gave me an opportunity to buy his, and... Um, it um, has really grown on me in terms of um, sound and replayability. The backlash, okay, it's it's you know it's six, seven out of ten. But um, uh, I think one of our buddies has talked about this before. I just love the fact that there's a red insert, a blue insert, and a green insert, and an orange insert next to each other. Um, I like that it's talking to me and. You know, orbit and and all those different uh, nomenclature is three spinner. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, well, yeah. And, and, and when you get a spinner rip, the sound of a good spinner rip on that game is just right. cool. Uh, totally agree. It's you know, yeah. I'm gonna be for me. I'm a sucker for any game that has spinners, and then you throw in drops, which you know, okay, there's big game, there's blackout. You throw in spinners, drops, and a horseshoe, and then I'm just squealing because it's just like the perfect machine. So, um, and yet you sold your uh, your uh, uh, um, sort of fury. I I did, but I, really, I I look at it as a benevolent thing. I I I allowed Adam to get a machine that the the Lodi League could enjoy and love for years to come, and he agreed never to sell it, which is the only reason why I felt comfortable selling it because I didn't want it to to leave our group. Wanted to be able to play it anytime I had that itch. Yeah, it's it's a fun game. I enjoy it, you know, and and the music's awesome. So we're you know we we cover games we like. Uh, what is it you don't like at all? Like just like God, I gotta play this tonight. Um. So I think you and I are kind of on the same page, just philosophy wise. Um, I don't hate pinball games. Um, pinball. You throw a flipper and a silver ball and something to shoot at. I'm I'm fine. So you put me on a uh, a wood rail. I'm gonna be happy. Um, but you're right. There's certain games. There's like okay, how are we gonna get through this? Um, a lot of times for me, um, it's not knowing the rules. So any game that I don't know anything about and I walk up to, that's usually I I usually have a couple games where I'm like I don't really enjoy this, and I've really got to force myself to. Try to read the rule card, which inevitably is not uh, the greatest list of instructions. And then you go out and try to find some sort of Papa tutorial video or, or the like to try to figure out the gist of it. And then you start things start clicking, and then you start liking the game. But I don't know if I've had a game that I've played that I've been like, oh god, I gotta play this game again. Um, they're all pretty good. Right. I don't know. What I mean, what what comes to mind for you of games you hate? Maybe what, you refresh know, my memory. For me, it's only only really when I'm 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 in playing in league or a tournament. Like tonight, you know, I were today we played in a tournament, and I had to go. I had to go up on um, F14, and I hate that game. Really? I mean, I love it. You know, yeah. If I'm just playing it for fun, I I'm fine with it. Um, but it's like because it just it's so 
brutal. But the funny thing is, it's the only game check because we we're doing it. It was a pin bowling tournament, uh, and it's uh, the only game I got a strike on tonight. Uh, so, and it just, I, my God, that game is just, it's just savagely brutal. I love that game because it mocks and, you. You got to like any game that's mocking you. Yeah, you kind of do. Uh, uh, and this game seems to, uh, the next game on my kind of sort of halfway list uh, is, because uh, it came up in conversation again tonight, is South Park. Um, oh, please. Well, no, because we played it after, right after, actually, when I was still recuperating last year. Uh, we went and put, had lunch, you and me and uh, Eric, and played it. Look, it, it's and it's a great location game, and it still earns crazy good from every route operator I've ever talked to, um, because it's it's simple, you know. And the casual person that goes, "Oh, well, cool, South Park pinball, let's play," and they can, you know, kill Kenny, make the ram shot, get a multi ball. But I mean, there's just not enough there to really interest me for a long term at all. So. I, yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree with some of your points. I I think to me, it's you know, it's a solid two thousand dollar DMD machine. Um, I would rather own it than uh, Hurricane or you know some of the other um, DMDs that are kind of at that price point. You're not going to put South Park above Lethal Weapon Three, are you? Um, if I ooh, that's a that's a good one. Uh, so I <laughs> full disclosure, I've owned Lethal Weapon Three. It was my very first D, first DMD. Um, I think it's a great shooter. I, I uh, I've had uh, long arguments how it's a poor man's T2. Um, some people think I'm, I'm I'm smoking crack, but I think the shot layout is uh, eerily similar. But um, agree, I agree. It's a poor man's T2. I I think I think if I had to own one, I would probably lean on South Park. Wow. Um, it, you know, it's a simple game, like you said. I mean, it's it's not as simple as an EM. It's not as simple as some of the early solid states I love. So, in that, so depth isn't really a factor for me. Uh, it's it would get old. I wouldn't play it much after a month. But you know, it's got decent callouts. It's got bright colors. Uh, there's stuff to do. Um, so I, I don't hate it. Um, yeah, that that that's a good comparison. But yeah, I'm trying to think of a game that I've. Just, okay, I know. Um, uh, Jurassic Park is a game I sh- am supposed to like and just did nothing for me. So I guess maybe I'll phrase it that way. There's certain games out there that it, people tell me I should like and they just do nothing. I, I got a Jurassic Park, had an opportunity to get a nice one, um, got the latest uh, ROM that uh, finally unlocked the um, starting mode so it wasn't always the exact same starting mode or randomized it, uh, which is was supposed to really help that game. Um it just did nothing for me, um, and 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 most people would think that's kind of crazy talk. Well, World Cup soccer is the same thing for me. I I had it for a couple months, and within two weeks I was bored of it. So just something about those games just didn't do it for me. Admittedly, I'm a little bit of a Data East snob. I've owned uh, I don't know three or four Data East now, so I'm willing to try them, but none of them have really stuck with me. Um, I think my favorite Data East. Sh- game I've ever played is Tales from the Crypt, and that theme does nothing for me, but the shots were really, really fun on that game. Yeah, that's kind of the way I feel about it. Um, well, since uh, since you brought up World Cup Soccer... <laughs> let's, oh, no. Let's Doors about, open. <laughs> Doors open, man, because we had this conversation in the car. That's why I let you did. Uh, that's why I love our car rides. Okay, because we're talking about J-pop, and, and I just... To this day, I am just baffled by the cult 
following this guy has because I think he's like, I, I just I, I look I, I just don't I like I, I mean like okay World Cup soccer if there's one on location or at a friend's house or a show I'll play a couple games and enjoy playing it I have no real desire to own one other than it's a good family thing um, uh, 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 theater magic I think it's a fun game but again if I had it in the house I'd probably get rid of it pretty quick um, I actually for some crazy reason really like playing uh, uh, um, well I like Toten too but I mean it's just but again, not real deep rule set, and I don't think it's in all be all pinball. Um, but uh, Circus Voltaire, I don't know something. It, the game's quirky, and, and I kind of like it. And and whatever again, where the fellow collectors has to has one or or a pedagogue or something, I'll play a few games and enjoy it. But I, again, if I had it in the house, I'd be probably moving it in about a month. Um, I just I just don't you know. And then episode one, which is you know, <sighs> why they even bother. Um, uh, well, because Jar Jar needed to live in homes <laughs> across America. Well, it's it's beyond not even the Jar Jar. It's just there's no shots on that game, man. It shoot up the middle, and if you get lucky, you might hit a ramp once in a while. Well, that's your classic pinball two thousand problem in my mind. But yeah, I, I I'm with you. You know, you say cult of J pop, and and maybe it's simply um, the threads that we read. I I don't necessarily have seen people blindly. Um, pledging allegiance to J-pop outside of the fact that, okay, he's designed one of my favorite pins. Therefore, the next pin he does, I think is going to be amazing. I don't know if I call that a cult. Um, I get that people love Tales. I get that people love uh, Circus Voltaire, and I get that people love Theater of Magic. So that's, I mean, he's got, I'm looking right now at um, IPDB, and he's got a total of nine records in, in the database in his name. Two of them are Zizzles. So his body of work is, is pretty small. And in that small body of work, he's got three incredibly well-respected high-end uh, titles. And then uh, obviously World Cup Soccer is in there at number four, although it doesn't hold the same sway as those first three. Um, so he's got a good track record in terms of the home market and, and what people desire or, or deem collectible. Now, Circus Voltaire does nothing for me. Um, my um, my dearest cousin uh, will kill me if I don't say Tales of Arabian Nights is the greatest machine of all time, but it's not. Um, and <laughs> Theater Magic, I would like to own for a month, but I, I think like a lot of people, I'd get bored of it and, and be ready to move it. Tales, I would want to own purely for the art factor, which is a bad reason to own a pinball machine uh, unless you just got unlimited money. So I disagree that there's a cult out there from my perspective. Now, we can definitely talk about the whole debacle with Magic Girl and Zidware and well, all that, that kind of stuff. Well, that's been, you know, pretty much... Yeah, but that's been yeah. hashed, but... Well, yeah. well, well since you're bringing up Magic Girl, okay, it's like People, people are willing to pay over twenty thousand for a game that doesn't even work. I just like what's well, got nice art. And buy the art, man. The 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 back. Well, they did for twenty thousand. Did did that finally sell? <laughs> well, I'm just, you know, it's it. I think there's just a small segment of speculators in the market, and there's um, people that want to own. They're collectors, so it's not just speculation for future monies. It's they want to own something really rare, and Magic Girl represents that. Yeah, yeah. If you want to invest in something, invest in gold, man. You know, pinball, pinball is not a, and, it's a uh, hobby. 
Yeah, and 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 and, and you know, speculators, man. I mean, I'm just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig way deep here. An old movie called Trick or Treat. I don't know if you ever saw it. No, man. no. Sammy, Sammy Kerr. This it's rock star dude. It's a cheesy bad '80s B rock and roll horror, but it's like no wimps, no false metal, man. No false pinball. <laughs> You know what? Go out, buy yourself, buy yourself a Flash, man. Go out and buy yourself a Flash, Gordon. Go out and buy a, a System 80. Go out and buy, a, 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 you know, a, you know, go out and buy a System 11, man. You know, clean it up, fix it up, half on, and just enjoy it. Um, well, I mean, I think you kind of opened the gateway to prices, if I, if you don't mind me jumping, because you mentioned the Magic Girls price point, and you and then you mentioned about having fun uh, with the, the the affordable pins. A, I mean, obviously, this is America, and so anybody can do anything they want with their money, provided they, you know, don't break any laws. So I don't, exactly. ha- I don't have a visceral reaction to somebody spending twenty grand on Magic Girl. Like I'm not the guy that's, you know, saying, "Hey, I'm going to go buy up all the Magic Girls if I had a hundred million dollars and I would, you know, light them on fire." Um, that that's not my approach to things, but <laughs> I. <laughs> As I look at Spencer, um, <laughs> but but I, I I do get that, that was it, nicotine withdrawal, man. <laughs> just all the nicotine withdrawal process. But uh, I I do understand. It seems like such a waste of money. Um, but you know, really, the market's spoken. And if you look at prices, and you know, there's every day there's like, oh my gosh, look at that. There's a new price complaint thread on Pinside. What a shock. Um, <laughs> I I get it. You know, you can complain about prices, and then you can complain about how it correlates to quality. But in, as long as they're buying, um, the prices are going to be there. And really, uh, I think um, Moff did a, a cool thread a couple years back where he started collating um, new in box prices, and then he price adjusted them for inflation. And uh, it's interesting uh, when you go look at those prices. You know, Family Guy I think ended up being the most uh, uh, affordable of all. <laughs> Uh, new in box purchases in the last 10 years or something like that and the Adams family was the most expensive but they're all in the $4,000 range so if you can get a brand new Stern in 2017 for 5 well when you adjust for cost of inflation you're you know you're not that much over what they were selling for 10 years ago so I mean I, I get the Batman mm-hmm. and the magic girls and it does seem like there's price gouging going on but by and large the market is dictating it and the prices really aren't that much out of line with what they were selling for 10 years ago yeah yeah well you know I, I don't know if you listen to the show uh, uh, Chris Corus Canada uh, his last podcast was an interview with Roger Sharp excellent show great interview yeah, show. yeah I haven't caught that one yet well, Roger, you know, that, that was brought up. And Roger, you know, he's always really, really diplomatic about things. But uh, he kind of called all the manufacturers on the carpet in, in, a, in a very respectful and polite way. Um, and, and that's actually been brought up. I have hardly looked at Pinside at all lately, other than to continually get the date wrong on the Pinagogo thread. Um, don't know what the heck, man. It's just been a busy last, you know, couple of months. It's been crazy in my world, you know. Between you know juggling work and family and pinball, um, and you know well, you, you, your priority order is wrong. That's that's the problem. Yeah, you know that's the problem. You know, so if I can just get that fixed, we'll all be good. But um, yeah, I mean, you know, look, I'm not in the market for a new game anyway, and I'm just as happy to you know to find a five hundred dollar, eight hundred dollar, thousand dollar game. So, and I wish everybody well that does. You know, the people that bought a SLA, bless their heart, man. I hope they're enjoying it. Um, you know, uh, but it shoots. You know, so I'm just like. 
just not getting why what what is the deal man the game has to even shoot uh right you know but i mean there's certain people like well okay canada man i mean at least he's up front about it he's like look i knew it wasn't gonna shoot i just want one okay cool dude yeah. you know at least you're on you you know what you know what you're paying for at least right there's, that, no, you know? there's no disillusionment yeah you know so uh, but you know that's that's just kind of where i'm at with the whole thing um, and I, I just don't want to discourage any new people thinking, oh, my God, I can never get the game I want. Yeah, you can get a lot of great games you want. You talked about, uh, you know, a, a, a new box Stern Pro around five grand, pretty good deal for like an Aerosmith or a Kiss or Metallica or Star Trek or something like that, uh, Walking Dead. Um, but at the same time, man, like, you know, you buy all these games and so have I for, you know, around a thousand a piece. It's like, hey, for the cost of a new Stern, I can have five games in, in a game room and have a pretty cool collection. Yeah, and that's really good. It's my collection has grown and shrunk and grown, and as I try to find that balancing act of bang for your buck, you know, uh, I found that when I went up to thirteen pins, that was okay. I, besides maintenance, it just I I can't play all of them all the time. So why why am I sitting on this many? So then you shrink down and you go, oh, this is not enough. I need a couple more, <laughs> and so you kind of fluctuate. But yeah, if you if in in my price range where I'm trying to keep my game room at a certain level and add a little bit to it each year, it's I, I can't buy new in box. That's not that's not my lifestyle. Right, right. And I, I, I and you know, other than having, you know, one new in box or maybe two or real recent, I'd rather have four or five older games and just have fun sure. with them. And uh absolutely. You know, so you came up with a great topic tonight. Uh uh actually you came up with two great topics tonight. First one being dream theme of the month. That's awesome. Right. You want to go first? Or you want me to? Sure. I'll, I'll lead things off uh, because I'm going to be able to drop the mic when I'm done and walk right. away. And uh, I'll be able to sleep tonight knowing that um, because I'm, I'm positive uh, Gary and Jack listen to this show, uh, that they'll be out there fighting for the uh, – licensing for it uh, if they don't already own it uh no my my uh, uh dream theme would be uh uh disneyland theme so i'm i'm a disney fanatic um it's funny how many disney fanatics there are amongst the pinball community there's definitely a cross section there but uh to have a disneyland theme um where you have the different lands represented um in different areas of the play field and uh bringing in a lot of the intellectual property from Disney. If you can grab animations and, and sound bites, uh, that would be just a showstopper for me and for my family. I mean, my wife would be like, yep, where do I sign up for a new inbox S E pen? You know, I'll, I'll take it. Um, so that, that's the ultimate, you know, and barring that it would be some sort of, you know, Disney property, uh, a Pixar, um, toy story or, um, Something along those lines. That would be that would be ideal. Cool. I, you know, for me, it's so weird because I don't have like I have a couple that I really like to see, but I have a non-licensed one I'd really like to see. A mm. um, couple I'd really like to see, and for some reason, somebody was talking about it today at the tournament, and we were talking about it for a minute. Well, uh, Fifth Element, I think, okay. would be a great great pinball machine. Um, you know, love the Chris movie. Tucker into, into the studio to do some custom call-outs. Oh, it'd be great, man. You know, it'd just be great. You know, Lulu Dallas multi-ball. Um, yes. You know, or multi, multi-pass multi-ball. I mean, it, 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 I think it would lend itself very well. Uh, somebody, somebody on Pinside or somebody uses brought up Blade Runner a few times. Classic film. Love mm -hmm. the movie. Love the music from the movie. Uh, that would be a good one. 
And I know uh, you and me and Eric could talk endlessly about uh, uh, Firefly. 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 Yes. Jamestown Multiball. I mean, you know, and I I think think that's a game that would sell very well just to Firefly fans, you know, that may not be into pinball at all. So... Um, I, I I secretly hope Ben Heck is working on that theme. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think he would do it justice. Maybe he needs to put Bible Adventures, which I also think would be a great theme. Put that down and, and try a little Firefly Serenity. Before Bi- Bible Adventures ever even was talked about, my wife and I were talking. You know, Rusty and I were talking about uh, uh, Noah and the Ark pinball, right? right? Two by two multi ball. I mean, you could start out two balls and four, then six, then eight. You know. Um, it lends itself. It lends itself well. I, I I would love a Bible Adventures game. Um, the non-licensed one of the other non-licensed theme idea trains. Oh, now you're talking my language. I'm, you know, I'm, I come from multi-generation uh, train folk, and um, I I mean it's the reason why I want a Zach locomotive so bad is that I just would love to have something integrated a good train theme. Think about it, man. I mean, you could do you could do the thi- like the 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 like the lane change, like in Shadow, and just have tracks going everywhere and balls going everywhere on those tracks and changes the lanes. I mean, it, it could be really cool. And hey, who doesn't love trains? Right. Well, and you know, you could. I mean, here's I'm just you know speculating here, but you could if you could do something like dialed in, where you've got the technology, um, where you make almost like a modern day transportation Sid Meier's railroad type. And obviously, you can't get super complex in a pinball machine, but you could have some really interesting rules where you're trying to ship things, territory, uh, product, and uh, your actions are taking place due to the shot selection and, and ability to do combinations. That would be super fun. I think that's a great idea. I'm on board. Where do I sign up? Uh, we got we to gotta start building it, man, or somebody right. does, you know. And you brought up earlier total annihilation. I just want to play the darn thing. It looks so freaking awesome. I know. <laughs> you know? So um, I, 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 I hope we're going to actually continue to see a few more, you know, original unlicensed themes, you know, drop in on us. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I'm sure some of the designers really crave that creative freedom. Um, so I, I think we'll we'll see it. But at the end of the day, we all know the, the ugly truth is that um, original themes just don't appear to sell as well as licensed property so um, right you know but hopefully we can see some sneak in well and that's what's exciting about the whole spooky concept is uh with him if other people are able to come up with other awesome total annihilation-esque type projects and can get a bill of materials that makes sense for him to run it he can have yeah give me 50 orders i can run it give me 50 more orders i can run it um, you know, so I, I think that those possibilities are there for even a smaller scale. Yeah, that and that's filling a really great niche market. So, and that's another thing I'm really happy about. And and your second topic tonight, um, Mount Rushmore of designers. Everybody needs to have one, and and they need to be vetted constantly. Okay, who's yours? Oh, I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, I I love pinball, and so I, I every designer is is pretty amazing. So it's it, it's um, 
what I usually end up finding out is I don't really look at the designer when I'm playing a game and after I've got to know the game and I really like it and I go, oh, so-and-so did this game. Okay. And so after a couple of years, you start adding up and you're like, oh, I must really like the way so-and-so does the shots. And so and over time, your, your tastes evolve. Uh, maybe you get more sophisticated. I, I don't know, but I, I know surely for me, um, four years into the hobby, my, my tastes have definitely evolved. Um, right right now, for for me, the number one go-to guy is um, Barry. Mr. B.O. is, um, he just, everything he does for me is magic. So, um, Grand Lizard and Barracora, and I mean, it just... If he came out as a, he's one of those guys. If he came out and announced, yeah, I'm doing a pen with so and so, I that's when I go, okay, forget cult of J-pop, cult of uh, Barry Osler is is real and it, and I'm its founding member. There you go. That no, that's what, I love his games too. You know, in fact, I'm going to go back to his first game he designed at Williams. I believe it was his first game, Phoenix, early solid state man. He used to play, yep. but man, I I'd love to have one. Uh, you, they just don't come up for sale around here. Um, Nope. But uh, I just you know have so many fond memories of playing that game. The few times they've shown up at Pinagogo, I enjoyed a few games on. In fact, I think there's one on the list for this year. So that I'm yeah. excited because uh, so we will have to get a game. You have to play at least one game. Um, and, and yeah, that, that could be <laughs> it. Um, you know, you know, who's your go-to? I, you know, for me, it's so tough because like you and my tastes are constantly evolving and changing. You know, when I first. Got into the hobby of, you know, buying games and putting the house. Uh, it was uh, Pat Waller, man. And I still love him, you know, and I'm yeah. not, I'm not, you know, downgrading him. But then there's something about Steve Ritchie's games that are just, you know, that, that fist, like Star Trek, man, just fist in your face, just, you know, just riding like, like a roller coaster ride, um, the adrenaline rush of, of Ritchie's games. But then, you know, more and more I'm looking at, you know, like Barry Orsler and, and, uh, um, John Trudeau, because everything I play of John Trudeau's, uh, you know, it, it's like, it's not that he never does the same thing twice, but he always, you know, every game has got some really cool, and it can be something really minor, you know, just the way he puts a, a ramp return or something up. It just, he always, you know, he, he's never really just, you know, happy, just saying, you know, I'll do this again, you know, and I, lo I love that about it, you know, and, uh, um, you know, Barry Orsworth's games, um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna dig way deep here. Well, you, we brought up Harry Williams. Wow, he designed some amazing games later in his career. And then I'm gonna go, you know, another deep one. Wayne Nance. That man designed more pinball machines, I think, single-handedly, and probably five or six other designers put together. And you got to go way back for his games. You know, early Gottlieb's, 50s and 60s mostly, I think. But so these um, are the ones you grew up on. Well, yeah, I mean, more 70s uh, EM Gottlieb's because well, you know when I was a kid. Um, I mean, we, you'd see a Bally game, um, and then occasionally a Williams, or even less occasionally, like a Chicago coin or a Sonic, um, you know, in a local, uh, you know, uh, mom and pop grocery or whatever. But Gottlieb's were probably 75, 80% of every game I played as a kid, you know, so. Well, you just rattled off a whole bunch of awesome designers, but I want you to name the top four. Top four. Unfortunately. Okay. Go. Pat Lawler, Steve Ritchie, um, uh, John Trudeau and um, and now the guy's name escapes me. He did uh, early Stearns, uh, uh, um, a nine ball uh, oh, meteor. Steve Kirk. Steve Kirk, yeah, yeah. So that's your top four. Yeah, probably. Well, it, it, if it, I had a table near me, I'd start flipping it right now. 
Really? No, I just okay. Who'd I miss? Who'd I miss? I love them all, like you, you know. But I know. Well, so for for me, as like John Trudeau, uh, a is a really a really good guy. Um, he is, and, and he has come up with really really cool shots, uh, cool gimmicks. Spirit is an amazing amazing machine. Once you get to play it and kind of get to know it, uh, he didn't make my top four, but I, I get why he'd be there. Um, for for me, after Barry, um, I've got to go Mark Ritchie. Um, between Taxi, um, Diner, yes, yeah, sorry, Practical Steve, but Diner, um, Fish Tales, yeah, um, Dorser, those are some of yeah, my Dorser. favorite games. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I, for me, when I started in the hobby, it was all about Steve Ritchie, Steve Ritchie, Steve Ritchie. And for now, I switched to his brother, Mark. And um, so he's my number two. Steve Ritchie's still in my top four. He's still on my Mount Rushmore. I love Good Flow. My first game was High Speed. That's a game that I wish I still had. If I had unlimited room and funds, I would always own a High Speed for nostalgia. And um, because that's such a well-done game. Um, and then number four, as we talked about earlier, is uh, Harry Williams. Um, which kind of covers more of the older games. But honorable mention for me would be Claude Fernandez. Have you, uh, have you, you recognize his name at all? Vaguely. Give me a game. What, what, what if I told you uh, it included Blackout, Embryon, and Skateball? Wow. Exactly. Wow. And Flash Gordon. Uh, well, and, you know, I lo- absolutely love Flash Gordon. I mean – I just I, every time he we didn't have, do a lot, but he did those four, and so I'm like, my hats are off. A hat is off to him for those uh, really, really well done games. Yeah, I love Flash Gordon. I often get stares and uh, little faces because I always say I think Flash Gordon is a better game than uh, Black Knight. So it's like, um, take that back right now. <laughs> hey, I stick it for you on Diner. Okay, all right. All right, I'll, I'll let you have this one. I just enjoy playing it more. Well, you know, I'll tell you why. Because if on Black Knight, there's a there's a fatal flaw in that game. And there also is on for, for really good players uh, in, in, uh, in, in league or tournament play. And that same thing holds true on um, Swords of Fury. Is if you, when you're in the upper play field, if you can... If you can get control, get control of the ball, you can keep that ball up there and just keep locking the ball. Well, on Black Knight, you can just keep no, locking there's the, ball a setting. the ball. There's a setting for that. Adam needs to fix that. Yes, he does because he, I put up a really high score one night when I figured that out and just had had good ball control that night and just kept getting multi-ball over and over again. No, you can force them to go to the lower play field in order to enable that lock up there. That, yeah, and uh, so I, yeah, I heard there was a setting, but yeah. So And I mean, so that for me, and then I haven't been able to do it, but uh, Steven, uh, he's putting up scores like consecutively of like 7, 8 million every single league night that we play Swords of Fury. And he just stays in what? that darn upper play field for – uh, we had to. Pl- I had to play him in league finals uh, uh, two seasons or no, yeah, a season ago, and it killed me because he just no, it was two seasons ago, and because I mean, like one ball. I mean, our first ball, and he go he went first, and uh, and it's like it, it was, you went and made a sandwich. I no, I <laughs> I sat there and watched him for literally twenty five minutes on his first ball, and I mean, he just killed it, you know. And, uh, well, I, th- I think Adam just needs to crank down on that machine even more. He does an amazing job 
getting his machines as hard as he can for league so that the game times aren't aren't too long. But I mean, just take all the rubber off the machine, <laughs> uh, put two inch flippers down at the bottom, <laughs> put it at an eight percent angle. I don't know. There's got to be some way to to mitigate that. But yeah, you know, in a league, sometimes the league gets really comfortable on a particular machine, and then you just got to figure out, all right, how can we tweak this to really make it fresh. Wire that upper flipper to to only activate on the other bu uh, flipper button, so that you, it's like a whole new <laughs> it's a whole new uh, game, something like that. There you go, there you go. Well, Seth, we're at I, we're at over an hour. This is my longest show yet. I usually I keep it around thirty minutes. I know, I know. Which um, you know, because I don't want it to be like you know, like uh, a three hour three hour tour or anything. Um, you got anything else to throw in the pod tonight before we sign off? No, it was uh, it was fun uh, chewing the fat with you. I, I think this is um, something you and I get to do quite often as we go and take trips uh, out to the city to visit our buddies. We get quality one-on-one -on -one time in the car, and so this kind of just reminds me of of many of our long conversations in the world of pinball. Yeah, exactly. See, and you were worried. I told you it'd be fun. I put notes together in like under five minutes. So <laughs> right. we didn't need no stinking net. That no, we don't, man. Cause it's just you know, it's just two buddies talking, and uh, you know, people can listen in and feel like they're part of the conversation. And uh, well, absolutely, they'll, they'll see that I'm right most of the time, and that you you still have a ways to go. I so just that's good. Uh, yeah, yeah. There Thank we go. You. That's it. So. No, I think we're closely aligned most on uh, most points. Yeah. So we probably we're a little bit of an echo chamber where we hear each other and agree with each other on most things. <laughs> yeah, I think so. You know, so it's all good. Well, thanks again for being on the show tonight. Hey, you bet it was fun. Yeah, it was a blast. So uh, that's our show tonight, uh, folks. Thank you for tuning in, and uh, to the people I've met lately at uh, different pinball gatherings that just come up and uh, and uh, give me feedback on the show. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Uh, of course, you can reach me at thespinnerislit at gmail.com if you want to come on the show or just uh, if there's a topic you'd like, uh, like me to talk about. Um, Pedagogo uh, is coming up, so uh, if you want to attend that or just check it out, check out the website. That's pedagogo.org. If uh, you're looking for places to play pinball, uh, pinballmap.com. Uh, again, this has been Episode 5 of the Spinner is Lit Pinball Podcast. Uh, we'll see everybody real soon. Play pinball, keep America strong.